Welcome to the Life Point Louisville podcast. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Sean McGill. For more information about this podcast and for other resources, visit lifepointlou.org. Hey, we're starting a brand new series today called Awaken. Uh, it's on the, uh, on the Holy Spirit. For some of you, you just got super nervous. Like I actually was hoping it wasn't that kind of church. I knew you guys kind of worship. Uh, but there you go. I guess we're in. Cat's out of the bag. Acts chapter 19, verse number one, it says, and it happened that while at Apollos, or while Apollos was at Corinth, Paul passed through the inland country and came to Ephesus, and there he found some disciples. And he said to them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? And they said, no, we haven't even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. And he said, into what were you baptized then? And they said, into John's baptism. And Paul said, John baptized with the baptism of repentance, telling people to believe in the one that was to come after him. That is Jesus. And on hearing this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And Paul laid hands on him and the Holy Spirit came on them, the Bible says. They began to speak in tongues and began prophesying. And there was about 12 men in all. And so basically, you have some men that are beginning to follow the gospel and the teachings, but they yet to have a full understanding. And so now they have a full understanding. Salvation has occurred. And after salvation, Paul lays hands on them and the Holy Spirit comes on them. They spoke with tongues and prophesied. There was 12 in all. Let me pray. Father, thank you so much for your word. I pray today that your word wouldn't return void. Pray that you speak to our hearts. Pray that you would use me. Pray that I would be able to communicate this word like you gave it to me. Pray today it wouldn't just be my words, but it would be your word. The word of God is what would shine bright today in the lives of people. So we thank you. Bless KCD. Bless their drama today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, everyone. Hey, a couple quick things before we dig into that scripture. Let me just reiterate what Jennifer, thank you so much, man. Let me reiterate what Jennifer said. Next week, uh, we are doing something called Gathered. And so all of you guys, if you didn't get one, did you guys get one of these on the way in? Great. So uh, most of you guys got one of these on the way in. This is a QR code. Uh, I really hope that you'll take time uh, sometime in the next hour just to get your phone out, QR code. And we're really believing that 100% of our church can participate in this. Um, that we would take a week where, you know, the space wasn't available, but we would turn it into something great where we would gather as a church and strengthen relationships. And I'm really believing that there's some relationships that are going to be strengthened, some new relationships that are going to be formed. And the reality is this, that church isn't just what happens in this room, okay? Uh, church is, is, yes, what happens in this room, but it's also what takes place on the other side of it, Monday through Friday, and church is the body of believers and gathering together. And so they gathered in the early church, not just in the temples, but they also gathered house to house. And so that's what this is about, gathering house to house. And we've got uh, eight or nine, 10 couples, I don't know uh, how many exactly, that have opened their homes so graciously. They've been praying for you it's just going to be a really, really great morning. And so don't take next, listen, next week you get an extra hour, okay? It falls back. So you get to sleep in by the nature of what's going on. Yeah. Come on. See, we're so smart in how we do things around here, right? So you already get to sleep in 
well, don't take an extra couple hours. Get up, find a house, go to it, and let's enjoy brunch together. And then I wanna put something on your radar for December 12th. Every year, at the end of the year, we take time to do a Vision Builders offering where we just, uh, once a year, outside of the tithe, we bring our very best to God just to say, okay, God, I wanna put your house first. I wanna put the vision of what's going on, how you're using LifePoint first. And so we bring an offering that is above and beyond the tithe uh, to just put the vision of the house ahead so we can continue to reach more people that are far from God. I put a little description here just to, to, to provide maybe a clear explanation of what that Vision Builders offering is, and it's this. Vision builders provide an opportunity to be able to partner with LifePoint financially beyond the tithe by giving, to, or by giving an annual gift that is intentional to excel the vision. You know, the vision will be excelled and continue to be advanced at the speed of your generosity. We've got a whole lot of vision in our hearts. We've got a whole lot of vision one day to maybe not be in a high school, but to have a building. We've got a whole lot of vision to continue to do more things for students and more things for kids and more things that can reach people that are far from God so you can invite your people in your life that are close to you but far from God that don't know him. And so I just wanna encourage you to be praying about what God would have you bring on on December 12th. And the reason why we're giving you so much time is this. Uh, The Bible says to not give reluctantly or under compulsion. And so we never wanna like twist your arm when it comes to giving. We want you to pray and ask God. So it says, don't give reluctantly or under compulsion, but to be a cheerful giver. And it says, actually, don't give reluctantly or under compulsion, but pre-decide what you would give, for God loves a cheerful giver. And so I want a house of pre-deciders, not a house that gives because I asked you to give, but a house that pre-decides how God would have them uh, put, put or how God would have you put him first when it comes to giving. And uh, so just be praying about that. I believe it's gonna be a really great day. You know, last year, this church launched because about 100 people last year on December 12th came together, and in one Sunday, before we were ever a church, people that were just helping build the team, okay, the core team gave $25,000 in one day. I mean, we're holding microphones now that were bought on that day. You've got, you know, environments for your kids over there that were bought on that day because people said, we'll excel the vision. And so for those that gave last year, Year, I actually was reading some of the prayer requests that you attached to your cards, and it was so amazing. I was reading some of those yesterday, seeing God answering prayers in your life, things that you said, God, I'm putting the house of God first, and here's something I'm believing you for. And so anyways, it's going to be a great day on December 12th. It gets so awkward when I talk about giving, and today it's like a double whammy. I said Holy Spirit and giving, so here we are. God help us. Acts chapter 19, okay? Here, here they are. It's 24 years after Pentecost. So Pentecost, if you know, Acts chapter 2, okay, 120 came together. It was the birth of the church, okay? You can read Acts chapter 2. 3,000 were saved on the day of Pentecost. Revival is happening all throughout the region. And now 24 years later, the church is being advanced. Paul is on a missionary journey, and the gospel is being spread. But there's people already ignorant about the Holy Spirit. There's people already that are like, we don't even know about the Holy Spirit. Believers that are shocked and in awe when Paul would ask them. I just wanna look at that again. It says, oh, this is not a tap. Blake, while Apollos was at, it is a tap, just 
Well, he traveled through the interior regions until he reached Ephesus on the coast where he found several believers, okay? And he asked some believers, he said, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? When do you receive the Holy Spirit? When you believe, he asked them. He said, no, we didn't even know there was a Holy Spirit. We've never even heard of that. And the truth is, I don't think we're much better today. I mean, we've kind of heard about the Holy Spirit. We've sung songs about the Holy Spirit. But I don't know if the church really understands the third person of the Trinity, the Holy Spirit. We get God the Father, okay? We're all about that. We get, you know, God the Son. But when it comes to the Holy Spirit, we're like, okay, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Scriptures, Well, it's not that. It's God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. You can't love God but not love the Holy Spirit. You can't love God but be like, well, that's just like something crazy and weird over there. We have to understand it. And so I think that's one of my jobs as your pastor is to help break down Scripture and help you understand truths about God. And honestly, this is a pivotal truth. In fact, it's so important that right before Jesus would be led to a cross, right before he would be betrayed and ultimately, you know, nailed to a cross and then ascend into heaven, his last words as he gathered the disciples, as he took those 12 people and said, hey, I've got to, I've just got to pour some things into you. I've got to share some things with you. In John chapter 14, 15, and 16, chapter right before He was betrayed. You know what he spends the majority of his time talking about? The Holy Spirit. The majority of Jesus' last words to his disciples was about this promise that would be to come. In fact, if you look at John 16, verse number six and seven, it says, hey, you're filled with grief because I've said these things. But he said, I tell you this, it is for your good. It is for your good, what? That I'm going away. Well, how could that be for our good? Jesus, you're going away. He said, it's for your good because unless I go away, the advocate will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. What's best? Another translation doesn't say you're good. It says what is best. What is best for you? He's looking at the disciples. He's saying what's best for you is that I go and the Holy Spirit comes. See, the reality is this, what Jesus was to the 12, the Holy Spirit is to the church. What Jesus was to those that believed and walked with him and heard uh, you know, him, him do miracles and saw him do miracles, the Holy Spirit wants to be to the 2.38 billion believers that are in the world. And so what Jesus was to John, what Jesus was To Peter, the Holy Spirit is to us. And so that's what I've been praying for and that's what I've been believing for, that there would be something awaken in our lives. And so there's many times throughout the year that that as we approach series, we look at them different ways. You know, over the last four weeks, we've been in a series called At the Movies and that series honestly is driven for outsiders, those that are not yet a part of the church. It's One of the series we look at and say, hey, how can we reach more people far from God? And we do series like that for for outsiders. But this is one of those series and a couple times a year where we 
really want to drill down and just help the believer. And so if you know Jesus, you have a relationship with him, this series really is for you. Because God wants to awaken something in the life of every single believer that is the breath you need. It is the power that you need. It is very hard to live for God without the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the wind in your sails. It wants to be the breath in your lungs. The Holy Spirit, in fact, is like breath, and he's like wind. You know, I was traveling last week through the airport and six hours on a plane with a mask. I promise you, as soon as I got out of that airport, it was like ripping it off, like, oh, oh. I could breathe again. The Holy Spirit is like breath where you walk into this room and life has sucked everything out of you and you experience a moment in his presence and it's like, I can breathe again. I can feel again. I can hope again. I can trust again. Holy Spirit is like breath. The Bible describes the Holy Spirit a lot of different ways. It says the Holy Spirit is like oil. The Holy Spirit is like a river or rain or dew in the morning that covers the ground. Holy Spirit is like wind or breath or a dove. The Holy Spirit is like fire, okay? The Holy Spirit is like clothing. We can be clothed in the Holy Spirit. It's like wine. We can drink of the Holy Spirit. We can get drunk. I mean, we're not. The Holy Spirit can be intoxicated with the Holy Spirit, so full of the Holy Spirit. We need more believers that are getting intoxicated with the Holy Spirit, saying, God, I need you. God, I need more of you. Fill me again. Holy Spirit, we just freaked a couple people out. Holy Spirit is like a seal, seal of our salvation. The Holy Spirit is like glory that covers the earth. The Holy Spirit, so many ways the Bible describes the Holy Spirit. Is the Holy Spirit a dove? No, he's like a dove. Is the Holy Spirit wine? No, he's like wine. Is he oil? These are words that 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 are you know that are that our Bible is used to describe him because it was like he's so many things. And it's really hard for us when we see that to really understand the Holy Spirit because the reality is uh, we live in a Western world. I don't know if you know that or not. This isn't a Western book. This is an Eastern book written in the Middle East, not written in the 1500s in the Reformation. He is not the God of the Reformation. He is not, you know, just the God of Pentecostals and Charismatics and Baptists and and Lutherans. No, he's the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He's a supernatural God that you cannot just fit in your little box that we cannot explain fully. He is a God that that goes beyond comprehension. He can do things that that are outside of time and space. He can be anywhere and everywhere and omnipresent and all-powerful. He can speak things into earth. He's, he's that kind of God. He's, he's, he's a God that's, that's a supernatural God. He can't be culturally packaged. He can't be Americanized. He's bigger than that. He's, he, 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 he's like wind. He's like a river. He's, he's like oil. He's, he's, he's like a bright light. He's, he's bigger than that. And God... I think that's how he wanted it to be because he never wanted to be a topic to be discussed. He never wanted to just be 
you know, just some, some thoughts to be studied. No, he wanted to be known. He wanted to be experienced. He wanted to be enjoyed. He wanted to spend time with you and walk with you and talk with you. Be by your side. And so God is not just a topic. He's a person to be known and loved and worshipped. And so I think we have to understand this third person of the Trinity today, the Holy Spirit. And I read about speaking in tongues a minute ago at the beginning, and some of you are nervous. Chill, we're not talking about that today. All right? In case you want to know, I spoke in tongues all morning. I believe in the power of the Holy Spirit. I believe that God can move in our lives. I believe that God wants to baptize me and fill me and fill me again. See, when you came to this church, you thought you just liked the music and you just, you know, maybe you thought the preaching was good for a time or two. What you are feeling, I hope, is the power of the Holy Spirit, not my wisdom, not something that's on me. I am not that good, but the Holy Spirit is better than I could ever be. I hope you're feeling his power and his presence, his anointing. It's the anointing of God that breaks every yoke. It's the anointing of God that sets the captive free. And so the question of the day when it comes to the Holy Spirit then is this. It's just who is he? Who is the Holy Spirit? Well, let me tell you who he's not. The Holy Spirit is not weird or goofy. People have made the Holy Spirit weird and goofy. The Holy Spirit is not weird and goofy. The Holy Spirit is not just a topic or a force or an object or an it. It's more than that. The Holy Spirit is not Pentecostal or charismatic. No, the Holy Spirit is so much more than that. And so I want to help you understand the Holy Spirit. I want you to, to understand this beautiful person of the Holy Spirit. God said, it's, it's, it's Jesus, as he's talking to us, it's, it's actually best for me that I go. Because I'm going to send you something. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to send the Holy Spirit. It's going to be with you, in you, walk beside you. And so who is the Holy Spirit? Number one, I hope you're taking notes. This is going to be a lot of scripture today. Number one, he is a person. Holy Spirit is a him. <laughs> he is a person. John 14, 17 says this. He is the Holy Spirit who leads into all truth. Who leads into all truth? He, the Holy Spirit. The world cannot receive him because it isn't looking for him and doesn't recognize him. But you know him because he lives in you now and later he will be in you, not just with you, but in you. I've bolded some words, he, him, 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 he. The Holy Spirit is a person. See, the Holy Spirit is not just an object. It's not just a force, isn't just it. Holy Spirit is a person and you have to see the Holy Spirit as a person because if you see him as a person, you'll have a personal relationship with the Holy Spirit. See, the Holy Spirit is a person because the Holy Spirit has a will. Do you know that? The Holy Spirit has a will. I love what Corinthians 12 says. It says, all these are the work of the same Spirit and he distributes them to each one just as he, the Holy Spirit, what? Determines. The Holy Spirit has a will. 
The Holy Spirit not only has a will, the Holy Spirit has feelings. Did you know that? Ephesians 4.30 says this, and do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit has feelings. I'm sure it grieves the Holy Spirit when we choose to box him in only over here for the Pentecostals and the Charismatics and just say, it's really not for me. It's really not for me. He, he, he has feelings. He has a will. Holy Spirit can speak. Did you know that? Acts 8.29 says this, the Holy Spirit said, Holy Spirit said, said to Philip, go over to that carriage and stay close to it. See, the Holy Spirit is a person. He has a will. He has feelings. He can speak. Not only that, but finally, the Holy Spirit can be quenched. 1 Thessalonians 5.19 says, do not quench the Spirit. If you look that up, it actually means this, do not extinguish the Spirit. See, it's like saying, okay, I'm good with Jesus, I'm good with God, but Holy Spirit, kind of stay in the foyer. We don't, we don't want to extinguish the Holy Spirit and say, I'm okay with these two parts of the Godhead, but I'm not okay with this. I want to quench the Holy Spirit. Honestly, guys, it's why there's times in worship where you're like, why'd they sing an extra few songs? Why did they do that like they did? You know, sometimes we're just, we're trying to be, we're trying to be mindful. We're trying to be sensitive to the move of the Spirit. And so there's moments where, where maybe a worship leader is up here, or Jennifer and I come up and maybe we push a little harder. We say, let's stay in this a little longer. Let's just wait a little longer where we're just trying to be sensitive, not to quench, not to shut out, but just to say, Holy Spirit, come. If you wanna do something, you're better than our singing. You're better than our lights. You're better than our preaching. Holy Spirit, come. I don't wanna extinguish you. I don't wanna put you out. And so the Holy Spirit is a person. We have to see it that way. Not just a force, but it's the Holy Spirit. Not only is the Holy Spirit a person, but the Holy Spirit is God. He is God. This is the Trinity. This, this is the mystery of the Godhead. One God expressed in three persons, equally distinct equally divine. One God, three person, not just three manifestations, not like he's God some of the time, he's Jesus some of the time, he's the Holy Spirit. No, it, it's one God, three persons. It's a mystery, yes. It's hard to understand, yes. It's because God is bigger than us. God is bigger than what's in our minds. God is bigger than what we can just understand. I think one of the first things that we have to do to, to yield ourselves to the work of the Holy Spirit and allowing the Holy Spirit to be real to us in our lives is we have to just understand God is bigger. He's, he's, he's bigger. We see all throughout Scripture this. I, I, I can take you to multiple places where you see the Trinity and you see the Godhead. You look at the book of Acts, just a real clear picture. Acts chapter five, verses three and four. Peter said to Ananias, why have you let Satan fill your heart? You lied to the Holy Spirit. You weren't lying to us, but to, to God. You lied to the Holy Spirit. Ultimately, you lied to God. 
Matthew 28, 19, we quote it all the time. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of what? The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. One God expressed in three persons, each distinct and equally divine. The Holy Spirit is a person. Holy Spirit is also, he's God. And so you can't be, you can't be just God the Father, God the Son, but it's also God the Holy Spirit. Number three is this. Not only is he a person, not only is he God, but he's my best friend. There's no other, I, I don't think there's a better way I could describe him. He's just my best friend. I'm having a bad day, he's there. When I need wisdom, he's there. When I need conviction and correction, he's there. Holy Spirit is a helper and is a teacher, is a leader. John 14, Jesus' words, red letters, but the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and remind you about everything I said. I need the Holy Spirit. I need that, 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 that advocate. That word advocate is parakletos, and if you look it up, Here's what it means. It means to be summoned or called to one side, especially called to one aid, one's aid. The Holy Spirit summoned, summoned to stand by our side and not just be with us, but to be in us. The Holy Spirit to walk with you, talk with you, make a difference in you, allow you to open up the Word of God and, and this thing makes sense to you. It's the Spirit of God that leads us into truth. It's the Holy Spirit that helps us remember all that was said and shows us the, the black and white and allows us to have light bulb moments. It's the Holy Spirit that wants to, wants to convict of sin and, and say, hey, you're going to the right, but you should go to the left. You're doing this, but you should really do that. It's a gentle whisper that's like breath. It's a gentle whisper that, that wants to speak to you and talk to you and guide you and lead you. The Holy Spirit is just my best friend. I love in 2 Corinthians chapter 13 in the message how Paul closes out the book and he looks at the church and he just says, I hope you know it's, you, you, you've got to experience the amazing grace of Jesus. See, that's where it all starts. It starts with the amazing grace of Jesus, that Jesus loved you so much that he took your sin, he took my sin, and he went to a cross and he died a bloody cross. He died on the that cross for you and for me. It's not only the, the amazing grace of Jesus. That's where it starts because if you don't, if you don't see, if you don't experience the amazing grace, okay, I, I don't think you'll ever be able to walk in this. It was have you experienced the Holy Spirit since you believed, since you received the grace of God, since you made him your Lord and Savior. It says, may the amazing grace of Jesus Christ be with you. 
but the extravagant love of the Father also. There is a Father that loves you, and it's when you receive the grace of Jesus and you yield yourself to him, you put your faith in him, that then you can receive the extravagant love of a Father that loves you more than an earthly father could have ever loved you, that wants more for you, that wants to take every insecurity, every weak area, every area where you feel lonely and abused and let down, and he wants to say, you are my son, you are my daughter, who I love, I'm well pleased with. Before you ever do a thing, if you never do any, I love you, I care about you, I sent Jesus for you. May you, may you receive the amazing grace of Jesus. May you know the extravagant love of the Father. And then would you also know the intimate friendship? The intimate friendship of the Holy Spirit. See, he's not only my best friend, but he wants to be your best friend. He wants to be your best friend. And so what's our response today? Luke 11. Which of your fathers, if a son asks for a fish, would give him a snake instead? Or asks for an egg, would give him a scorpion? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask for him? And you said yes to Jesus, you received the Holy Spirit. When you accepted Christ as your Savior, the Holy Spirit dwelled within you. But I think we have to make a practice out of saying, come Holy Spirit. I receive the gift that you put on the inside of me. It's, it's like looking face to face with the Holy Spirit saying, I receive you. I welcome you. It's like having a gift that you're holding on to that you never unwrapped, that you never took hold of, that you never experienced and enjoyed and celebrated and allowed to work in your life. We need God's love to work in our life. We need Jesus' grace to work in our life, but we need the Holy Spirit, the intimate friendship that is summoned to be by our side to walk with us and talk with us. It's less of me and more of you, Holy Spirit. And so here's what I'm asking you to do this week. Here's your homework this week, okay? And it's this, will you purposely yield to the Holy Spirit? Would you just yield to the Holy Spirit? Would you acknowledge him in your life? Would you yield to him? Would you wake up and say, come Holy Spirit? Would you wake up and say, lead me Holy Spirit? Would you get in your car and say, Holy Spirit, come? I love what Romans 8.14 says. It says, those that are led by the Spirit, the Spirit of what? The Spirit of God, are children of God. As a child of God, would you allow yourself to be led by the Spirit? But you drive to your job this week. As you're in your car, you'd say, Holy Spirit, help me today. 
But as you're parenting your kids, would you say, Holy Spirit, help me today. As you're trying to navigate your marriage, Holy Spirit, help me today. Holy Spirit, help me to be a better dad. Help me to be a better father. Help, help, help me. Holy Spirit, should I buy this house or that house? Holy Spirit, lead me. Holy Spirit, help show me the areas that, that maybe, maybe are grieving. Holy Spirit, show me the areas that I need to walk in, what I should do, what step I should take. I just wonder how much heartache we could save ourselves from. How much disasters we can avoid walking into. We'd say, Holy Spirit, lead me. Guide me, show me, reveal to me. Speak to me. He is a person and he wants to speak to you, give you direction. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit summoned to be your best friend, to stand by your side. And so I think we receive the Holy Spirit today the same way we received the gift of salvation. We just acknowledge him in our lives and say, I not only receive the work that you did for me, Jesus, on a cross, but I receive the Holy Spirit that you put inside me too. And now I make a choice to be led by the Holy Spirit. Would you bow your heads? Maybe you're in here today and the thing that you need to experience more than anything is the amazing grace of Jesus. See, the extravagant love of the Father loved you so much that, that he looked down into humanity and he saw that, that we were separated from him and he said, I can't let that be. So God sent his son Jesus Jesus came full of grace for you and I. We can bring Jesus our sin and say, God, here I am. I repent and I receive the gift of salvation that you took that sin. You died on a cross shed your blood for me. And so today I receive your grace. I receive the work that you did for me. It's really easy. The Bible says we just, just open up our mouth and just say, Jesus, you're Lord. I believe you died for me. You didn't stay dead, but you rose again to give me new life. So I receive that. Make you my Lord and Savior. And so if that's you today, that you're like, you know what? I've been doing life without Jesus and I'm ready for him to come and show me his grace and fill me with it. Put the Holy Spirit inside of me. I'm tired of doing life on my own. Nobody's looking around. We're not gonna call you up to the front, embarrass you, make you stand. But I do think there's something powerful about raising a hand, not for us, but for God. Just saying, God, I'm taking a stand today. 
You know, honestly, I think if you can't raise a hand in here, it's gonna be really hard to stand out there. This is probably the easiest place. It's dark, nobody's looking. It's just between you and a heavenly Father that loves you, cares about you, sees you today. It's ready to fill you, make you brand new. If that's you, I wanna ask that you just slip up a hand. I'd love to lead you in a prayer. Nobody's looking around. But if you would say today, I'm ready to just make him my Lord and Savior. I'm gonna pray for you. I also wanna just acknowledge another group of people in the room. If you're in here today and you would be really honest with yourself and just say, you know what? I really haven't been yielding to the Holy Spirit. I really haven't asked the Holy Spirit to lead me and guide me. And today I'm just, I'm ready to receive the gift that was given to me, put inside of me, ready to acknowledge the person of the Holy Spirit and let him walk with me. I wanna ask that you just slip up a hand as a sign. Today, today's the day I choose to be led by the Holy Spirit. Nobody looking around, just a sign. Today I'm allowing you to lead me, God. Holy Spirit, lead me. Thank you so much. You can put your hands down. Father, I thank you for every person in here today. Every person today that's receiving the amazing grace of Jesus. I say you fill them, make them brand new, give them new life. Then I pray for every person that just raised their hand a minute ago and said, Spirit, lead me. Spirit, lead me. My trust is without borders. where I trust you beyond comprehension. God, I pray that you would lead our church in a new season where there would be an awakening of the power and the person of the Holy Spirit. May signs and wonders and miracles be to come. May this be a house where people far from you receive your grace and mercy. And may this be a house of miracles. May this be a house where your spirit is welcome. May we be a spirit-filled church and a spirit-filled people. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Thanks for listening to the LifePoint Louisville podcast. If you would like to partner with us in spreading the good news of Jesus, you can give by visiting lifepointlou.org forward slash give or text LCLOU to 77977. Thanks so much. We hope you have an incredible week.